0: some things you might feel are hard for you but they are inherently hard and and you will survive everybody does and as you survive it you build your resilience and you realize that you know there may be hard things that you'll face but you'll get past them Uh, that was a very important thing that i realized
1: something the heart and hard work podcast lets us walk alongside extraordinary people Reflecting on their stories to share learnings, mindsets, and actions that help us be our best. I'm the host, Rob Maloney. I've been guided by teammates, leaders, and mentors through life's most intense challenges, and they've empowered me to build this podcast space so we can grow together. We all face different challenges running our own races, but we can celebrate the power of our diverse stories united by the thread of building our best selves with heart and hard work. Thrilled to be here with you today, Rashab. how are you? I'm great,
0: Rob. I am very excited, stoked to be sharing my story with you today and uh, a story that you've been uh, a pivotal part of. So excited to be sharing uh, with you today.
1: Awesome. And for those that don't know, Rashab Kakar is a full-time MBA student at WP Carey School of Business, and you are due to graduate in May. So that's right around when we're going to post this episode And I'm thrilled to have the chance to get to share your story as someone who came from your home city in New New Delhi. You had dealt with being an international student. Of course, there's struggles that come with that. There's beautiful, blissful things that come with that. Um, As much as you've been welcomed into this community, you have been someone who's opened your heart and opened your arms to welcome others into this community as taking on roles as a VP of Multicultural Learning to help celebrate and highlight diversity at WP Carey with your MBA experience and because of your efforts you've actually even been recognized as the outstanding graduate speaker at graduation. So you are you are outstanding among outstanding people and you're an amazing friend, an amazing person all around and getting ready to start your new career as a Pathways Operation Manager at, at Amazon in Olympia, Washington, right? So just so many nice things I have to say about you but before I run away and just set, turn this whole podcast into me highlighting you. The first question we always love to ask is to really give you the chance to allow us to experience you the way that you want to be experienced. So, Rashab, how do you want to be witnessed?
0: Um, I want to be witnessed as uh, somebody who did not even expect uh, to be the outstanding graduate student at a point of time. I had actually even given up on the MBA dream. So, I feel that. Um, re-evaluating re, uh, uh, my dreams and, and realizing that you know the boundaries that I have are just the boundaries that I created for myself and going past them so I want to be witnessed as someone who sort of created these limitations for himself and then realized that oh I can go past them and I actually succeeded in doing that so just want to share that story with everybody
1: Wow, Rashab, you're you're literally giving me goosebumps. Um, I'm I had some questions in mind that I thought I would ask you if we needed them, but I don't think we're gonna need them. Um, I just I want to give you full platform. Can you talk a little more about that story? And I just want to give you the full invitation to start telling us a little bit more about what that's meant to you to dismantle those limitations that you put on yourself.
0: Absolutely. Um so, after doing my uh, automobile engineering and working in the industry for a couple of years, I knew that I really wanted to get an MBA. It was because uh, I loved interacting with people. I wanted to learn those business skills and I, I wanted to help uh, be and have an important role in organizations, be a part of the business decision making. Um, I went on to take the CAT exam, which is the equivalent of GMAT in India, a couple of times. Uh, both times, my score was good but not great, so I didn't, never got the opportunity to interview with the top schools. But I got interviews to a lot of tier two schools, uh, took those interviews, got admits, but was always hesitant uh, to accept those offers. I kept asking myself if if I see a return on investment on those offers because I already had a great job. Uh, I, I had some financial responsibilities towards my family, and it somehow never made sense to me to to take up that opportunity and just settle with a tire to MBA. Um, I wasn't sure if I would be proud of myself. Uh, that was that was the most important question for me. So two years in a row, I rejected all the MBA offers that I had, and uh, the the next attempt, I did not even do well on CAT, and I and I sort of gave up on, on the MBA dream. I felt, okay, this is my job. It's not a bad job. It's a great job. I, I am doing well and I should probably settle down and accept this as my reality. So uh, one day I went with my parents to buy a house. I was like, oh, you'd buy a, a penthouse. You could have a floor for yourself. I could have my little bachelor pad on the top floor. And uh, so we went looking for houses and we, we found this great house. It was everything that I sort of wanted in a house. And uh, we decided, okay, this is, this is the house that we're buying. So I sat down with the bank executives talking about the terms of my loan. And that's when it hit me. Okay, this is a 30-year loan. I <laughs> sign this today and I'll be paying off this loan until I retire. And that's it. No pressure. But, yeah, that the MBA <laughs> dream is dead. It's gone for good. Do I really want this? And I got cold feet. I told my parents, hey, I'm sorry. I don't think I can do this. I said, I don't know what I want to do, but I definitely don't want to do this. So I'm going to take some time off and I'm going to reevaluate what I want to do in my life. And but this is not what I want. And my parents, even though they they had also been looking forward to to this day when I will buy my own house and, you know, be independent completely. They were very supportive. They were like, all right, no, no pressure. Take your time. and.'" And let's get back to this. Uh, I moved out of the house for a few months, started looking at MBA programs around the world, uh, realized that, you know, if if I get a great GMAT score, I might be able to get a good scholarship, and if not in India, I might be able to live that dream in the U.S. Uh, my parents were old, and it was a big decision uh, to to sort of leave them and go to the U.S., given that I had never moved out of the city myself, but uh As it transpired, uh, I got a great GMAT score. I got admits to seven of the eight B schools that I applied to, and I ended up coming to ASU for my MBA because of the close-knit community and people like you who are invested in other people's success. Two years later, I've been able to sort of give back, which was very important to me when when I got that full scholarship to come into the program. I felt like I had been given a gift that I did not quite deserve yet. So those two years were invested in trying to deserve that gift. And uh, fast forward two years now, I'll be the outstanding graduate speaker. All the contributions are being recognized and I I feel that,
1: all right, now I maybe deserve that scholarship. (laughs) (laughs) So So, allowing you to take your moment, right? to put the um, imposter syndrome to the side and allow yourself to feel proud that that's a really beautiful thing and I'm I'm glad we get a chance to to share that and look forward to hearing your sentiments at graduation because I'll I'll be there and just thinking about the the people who would be so deserving of that recognition and you're right up there I'm gonna just share like the kind of interactions with you that everybody has. And just one that always stands out to me is I had a friend that met you the first time and we were talking about you the next time and they were like, trying to remember your name. And they're like, that guy that he's, he's kind of like Indian Santa Claus. He's like the nicest, (laughs) kindest person and just brings, he brings joy with him everywhere he goes. And I was like, that's (laughs) Rashad in a heartbeat. (laughs) And and so you are just so deserving. Uh, It's just awesome to think about The person that you are today, and you being comfortable recognizing how much you deserve that, and and having been a part of that with you, but knowing that that's something that myself I struggle with, and many people struggle with, like feeling like we deserve the things around us and being challenged in that. What besides being recognized as the outstanding graduate speaker was there something that changed in you, or something that changed in the way that you're allowed to witness yourself and the people around you?
0: Um. I I personally feel that all the work that I did was not to get recognized per se, even if I weren't the outstanding graduate speaker, I would have been very happy. I would have still sort of felt that, all right, I've given back and I'm probably worthy of this gift. But uh, my parents decided to come for graduation. And uh, uh, a week before they told me that they were going to come, I I got the news that I'll be the speaker at graduation. So -hmm. I know that it probably matters. Uh it, it is definitely a big opportunity and a wonderful gift. I'm very grateful for it. But I know it matters a lot more to my parents than it does to me that I'll be, you know, the speaker at graduation. And I'm the outstanding graduate speaker. So particularly excited for them to be there uh, when, when I get recognized. I think yeah. all of this feels like a dream, you know, just being here in the US and doing all of these wonderful things. But when I'll see them here with me. I feel that that would be, oh, this is very real. You
1: know, yeah. they're so, here. <laughs> and so you, you, do, you do such a great job of continuing to show up for your friends, for your teammates, for the people you lead, for your family. What keeps you driven? I really want to know, like, obviously, the awards are nice for the parents. They're, they're nice things that make us feel good. But what really keeps you with that fire lit inside of you? And what keeps that burning for you?
0: I... I honestly feel that uh, I'm only trying to give back what, what I've been given by my classmates, by my seniors. Uh, when I came in here, uh, especially the first month of the program, uh, I was in a new country where uh, the only units that are the same for measurement is time. Everything else is measured in different units. <laughs> so it feels <laughs> like being on a different planet almost. And here I am trying to find you know, a place uh, um, Trying to set up a new house, which I've never done before, and uh, always communicating in English, which uh, is like a first language to me, but it is still rare. Uh, being around people who come from different cultures, who perhaps have uh, certain experiences that are different from me, so feeling like an outsider. But the first month, you know, even even during orientation, all the people around me were like, "Oh, hey, we would love to know your story. You know, tell us about yourself." And they'd hear about my story and they'd be encouraging. And they'd be curious to learn about me, what motivates me, why I'm here, what I, what I bring to the cohort. And I felt that instead of being accepted, I was welcomed. So that mattered a lot. To mm. me. I feel that that sort of set uh, the foundation for, for me being able to grow in this program. And that is something that I try to give to everybody else as well. You know, just just making sure that even if their opinions are different, or today are not they're not feeling their best self, they're still welcomed and they're in in their honest true self every day.
1: That's beautiful, and I think that that shows in your decision to get involved in NBAA, the sort of government, right, the governing body of the the students and the NBA candidates and taking over the role as the VP of multicultural learning to celebrate and highlight diversity and not just diversity, but inclusion, right. To go farther than just being accepted, but to create an environment that welcomes people. I think that that's, that's truly something that's special about you. And I I kind of consider that to be one of your superpowers, but I wanted to ask you like, what, what do you consider to be one of your superpowers?
0: Uh, I feel that my, Emotional intellect or emotional quotient is perhaps uh, what what is my superpower. I feel that when when I'm talking to my friends or especially when they when they're feeling low, they they feel comfortable sharing their emotions with me. And uh, I I honestly believe that there are not all problems that I can solve or or anyone can solve for that matter, but Just hearing them out or, you know, just if they have someone to share them with, it sort of solves the problem there. So I feel that I'm emotionally uh, very conversant in that manner and available for the friends that want to have those emotional conversations.
1: And it's great to know that there's people like you with that mindset looking to build that culture and that environment. I'm certain that a lot of people listening to this podcast will be incoming MBA candidates and they'll be wanting to learn more about the the program, wanting to learn more about the people, what it's going to be like, and they're going to be worried about things like we all were. I mean, you have had the experience and I I've shared it as well of moving and living in another country for extended periods of time. What were some of the things that were that you were worried about and how how did someone else help you through them when you got here? And how do you feel like you've been helping your friends through them since you've been here?
0: Absolutely. Um, in, the, in the initial phase, when you move here, it feels like um, it's, it's an overwhelming feeling. And you feel that you don't have a lot of people to share that with. I remember distinctly that I've, I've always been a good student. But coming into the program and facing that academic rigor, I felt that, oh, my God, I don't know how I'll survive in this program. Or the stats class, for which you were the TA, you know, everybody's scared. Everybody's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's in first quarter. So I remember feeling like, all right, I don't think I can, I can do well in this class. And I just spoke to the person sitting next to me, Dan. I'm like, man, I don't think I'll survive this class. <laughs> said, oh, me neither. And I spoke to other people and I realized that, oh, it's everybody who's struggling. It's not just mm-hmm. me. So just being able to have that conversation and realizing that some things you might feel are hard for you, but they are inherently hard and, and you will survive, everybody does. And as you survive it, you build your resilience and you realize that you know there may be hard things that you'll face, but you'll get past them. Uh, that was a very important thing that I realized. And the thing is that I am a little more extroverted. So I, I spoke to my friends, but I realized that not everybody is as extroverted as I was. So when I took over the role of uh, the VP of Multicultural Learning, I started this concept of coffee and conversations, mm-hmm. I took out every Tuesday, and an hour every Tuesday, just to sit outside Starbucks coffee shop. And it was an open invitation, nobody had to register, they could just come and speak to me about anything that was on their mind, mm-hmm. whether academic or personal, sports. Uh, I might not always know what they're talking about, but I'm happy to listen and just have a conversation with them. So it was just my way of making sure that even people who maybe struggle uh, to start a conversation know that I'll be there and I'll be listening mm-hmm. if they want to have that conversation with me.
1: That's so powerful. And I find I find it so relevant to the mission of what how we arrived in a podcast today, because when I was in the program, looking around at all these incredible people that I'm surrounded by, just thinking, man, like, there's an amazing story after an amazing story after an amazing story. We need more opportunities to hear these and share them. And I really wanted to be able to give people a chance. The, the first question we asked, how do you want to be witnessed to own their moment and to see themselves the way that everyone else does? Like, I can I can say so many nice things about you and it, it might be really hard for you, not, maybe not just you specifically about anyone. I can say so many nice things about someone else and it, it might be really hard for them to be able to think about those nice things for themselves or to come up with enough compliments to recognize and see how awesome they are. And I think that that's something that you do an outstanding job of creating that environment for everyone around us. I'm thinking about incoming students now as much as you're on your way out. Now we're talking about legacy and what you might be leaving behind. If you had a chance to send a message to yourself just starting out in the program, and I'm, I'm changing up the question a little bit from from maybe what you might've been thinking about, but if you had a chance to give yourself one message starting your program, what what would you say to yourself if you could have that, that quick interaction?
0: Um, if I could go back in time and send myself a message, I would just tell myself to stay motivated, not be afraid of taking risks. Uh, I recall in uh, in the first semester when I finally got an internship, I knew that it was a tough market as an international student. So it's always hard to get a job, uh, but it was not the dream internship. It, it was not the internship that I had written about in my MBA essays. It was not the internship that I felt I would want to convert into a full-time job and just be okay uh, enjoying in the second year of the program. And and I took a big risk then. And as you might recall, uh, I reached out to you to to make that big decision, you know, because you had been in similar shoes. Right. So making that big risk uh, ended up reaping uh, a big reward because I got that dream internship that I wanted, which eventually uh, got converted to a full-time job that I'd be starting this June.
1: Mm.
0: But I recall when I when I said no to that in the first internship, I was so nervous and so upset right. for a few months.
1: Like, oh my God, I just ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. I just said no. Yeah.
0: Like, I would be remembered as the idiot who had a great job, but he turned it down because he felt that he was better than he actually was.
1: To take a chance. Wow, that's a powerful reflection. Yeah, yeah that's that's powerful.
0: So I was like, is that the legacy I want to leave behind? No. But if I could go back in time, I would tell myself when I was rejecting that internship, hey, you know what? You are mean, meant to do better things and you will get that dream job. And even if you don't get it the first time, you'll get it the second time or the third time. But eventually you'll get what you dream of. You have gotten a lot what, of, of what you dreamt this past and, year or
1: these past two years. So, And, and the only way, the only way you don't get there is if you stop. Absolutely. As, Absolutely. as long as you keep going, then you're still in the pursuit of the dream that maybe the dream is, is the, like the pursuit of happiness is not, is not the goal itself, but the dream is to have the pursuit and that you can constantly keep striving, keep working for it. And I think that's, that's so awesome to hear you reflecting on because while you can't go back in time, you, you know, and actually talk to yourself, there's so many that are going to come after you who could listen to those words and really draw a lot of value and, and meaning. And I, I hope a lot of hope, a lot of maybe inspiration and hope because it is it is incredible the way that you've kept taking the next step and looking to help others with you along the way. Uh, it's It's very noble, amazing reasons why you should be the outstanding graduate speaker and you are very deserving. I think if I would add to your message, I would also say, look at, to to from what I heard in your message, look at those moments where everything seems overwhelming. Everything seems ridiculously challenging and like, there's no way I'm going to get through it. Find someone to just make eye contact with and laugh. And just laugh because you will get through it no one, we, we work together. We support each other as a community. Those are the moments where you're going to look back and you're going to say that was so crazy. That was so challenging. That was so ridiculous. I feel like I was bending over backwards and you know, but, but everybody wants to see you succeed and you will, you know, we have great professors, even our statistics professor, Reynolds Byers. I mean, what a caring guy, right? Like, yeah, it's just. uh, For every challenge, find a way to stop yourself in the moment and and laugh and just be like this this is what they told us about this is the challenge this is the sucky part this is the embrace the suck part that they told us about yes absolutely <laughs> yeah so really really powerful just hearing the way that you reflect and and sharing that message i'm i'm curious now too i'm i'm we can't go back in time but we can use your hindsight as foresight for others right we can learn from your wisdom and your experience what do you think if you had a chance to send a message to yourself from the future? What would, what would that future you say to yourself right now in this spirit of passing and learning wisdom?
0: That uh, future me will tell me that you know, all, the, all the good things that I did or, or the, the net investor culture that I uh, you know, stood true to and invested in other people in the program, uh, trying to uplift my colleagues and my classmates as well. Uh, it, is, it is great that I did that because all of those people would be there succeeding with me and celebrating uh, their success and my success together. So I feel that uh, success is not worth it if, if you only celebrate it by yourself. There should be people to watch it and there should be people who invested in your success there to celebrate it with you.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful. And when I, when I was in the MBA program too, I was thinking about the sure way to win is to make sure I invest in people. Like you can, you can put too much effort into trying to get the job or trying to get something and you miss out on the relationships, but no matter where you're going to find yourself in life, this is what I was telling myself is no matter where you're going to find yourself in life, people are going to matter. Continue to invest in people and put the, cultivate those relationships and you even when you can't see it necessarily right now because it's you know below the soil those are the things that are going to blossom into the beautiful flowers into the beautiful relationships that are going to mean the most absolutely <laughs> and, and, and i know it's getting a little bit poetic but actually something people don't know about you is one of your hobbies is poetry right
0: Yes, yes. People, uh, when, when I tell people that I do poetry as a hobby, they're so surprised. They're like, we don't believe you. It's <laughs> something you've written. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. Um, one could be my extrovert personality. Usually poets are, you know, pe- people feel that poets are introverts. They're people who, you know, don't talk too much and they just uh, sort of use poetry as their outlet. And also I don't come off as someone emotional. I'm just huge. And maybe I, I can be intimidating towards some people, but uh, yeah, I'm actually quite emotional. But until for context, how me, tall are you?
1: You're like 6'3? 6'5. 6'5? On the metric system, what is that?
0: <laughs> that is like 197 centimeters.
1: Massive. So you are a towering human being, a, a giant Indian Santa, just joyful and filled with care and love for everybody. Um, but yeah, you do have that really approachable because you say, you know, you say you're, you're extroverted. I'm curious, what's your experience been like extroverted, introverted, ambivert? It does it, is there ever really such a thing or is it really just situationally? We're just comfortable as people in different, in different times. Do we really need labels for it? What, what do you think of that?
0: I completely agree with you. It's situational always. Um, when I'm feeling like, oh, I want to, I'm so happy. All right, let's, let's go seize the day. I'm very extroverted because I want to share that joy with everyone around me. And I want to, you know, impact the world positively in some way, uh, any way I can. But when I'm having a low moment or when I'm like, you know, oh, I don't feel my best today. I tend to, you know, like close out and not interact as much, maybe stay at home. And so I, I can see what you mean uh, by being ambivert. But my my reason for doing it is, oh, if I can't be joyful today, I don't want to share like sadness with, with people.
1: Mm. <laughs> so cool. I was just curious what you thought about that because we, we talked about kind of the limitations that we establish on ourselves. And I'm also thinking about when you start an MBA program, when you start a new job, when you when you meet new people. I mean, if people will very quickly try to tell say, "Oh, he's an extrovert. Oh, he's an ambivert." And so people don't usually expect that you do poetry. But there's there's so many things about all of us that people don't expect, or because a lot of times our stereotypes, they exist for a reason. They exist because they, they're mostly true, but they don't tell the whole story. So I'm always careful when I think about the use of those labels. And I hope that listeners are also reflecting on how they help us understand things partially, but they don't always tell the whole story.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more.
1: <laughs> yeah. So coming into the program or starting your new career, you, you have the power to tell that story however you'd like. And and Rashab, it's been awesome to get to reflect on your story with you before we go i want to throw you into a little hot seat just ask you a couple rapid fire questions summarize some of the golden nuggets that we can take away and have a little bit of fun um are you ready for that okay yes let's go let's do it so hard and hard work means something different to everyone but to you what does it mean
0: Uh, a platform where i can share my story candidly uh to, with, to people who are interested in listening and perhaps uh, being able to contribute to the people around them the way I try to.
1: That's beautiful. What's a quote that keeps you driven because it helps you remember who you are and align with who you want to be? Um,
0: practice makes a man perfect. I feel that I wasn't always good at a lot of things I'm good at now. I kept striving and uh, now I'm better than I was before. That's all that matters.
1: That's all we can do, right? We just keep improving with our heart in one hand and our hard work in the other. Yes. What's the most important book on your shelf?
0: How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carney.
1: That is a fantastic book. I feel like you, I feel like you could have done some of like the appendixes for that or like the, <laughs> the, the intern work. To, you, you contributed to that book. What's the best advice that you've ever been given and you wish you realized sooner?
0: Uh, Best advice I've ever been given was by Dr. John Bizneski, who taught uh, sources of competitive advantage in uh, quarter one of the program. And he said that while you are in the MBA program, take as many risks as you can, because when you go in the real world, there will be consequences to your
1: actions. Yeah. So this, this is the environment, right? So what about, what's something that we you think we all need to rethink. What do we need to think again about?
0: Uh, our limitations, our boundaries, mm. uh, they are only they only exist in our minds. There are always responsibilities we have. They can be our constraints, but they cannot be our our limitations. So always go beyond them and rethink what you are capable of.
1: On uh, a little fun one, you you proposed this question: Would you rather go scuba diving or skydiving?
0: I would totally go skydiving every time. I, I could. <laughs> it's just the thrill of uh, you know falling from what thirty thousand feet in the air and just uh, propelling down to the earth. The the thrill and the adrenaline rush that you get, and the fact that you're able to see as far as you possibly can, which might not be possible in scuba diving. Where visibility is limited, uh, scuba diving. For, uh, sorry, skydiving for me
1: every time. I think again the theme came out in your last response, like under the water, kind of where you can see is limited. Maybe it's a special place, but you thinking I'm I'm envisioning you falling from the sky, looking at the whole world, and literally thinking what a world of possibilities that are ahead and just completely unlimited. And and so Rashab. I am so thrilled to have been able to share this conversation with you. It's been amazing. Um, I'm gonna send it back to you for one final thing. People can connect with you on LinkedIn. I'm sure you'll have a bunch of people reaching out. Uh, I hope that that your story has meant as much to those listening as as it has to me. And I'm honored to have been a part of it. I want to give you one last message. That one last chance to share a message, something to think about, something to continue to reflect and strengthen for myself, for listeners everywhere, to be able to make a difference and think about how we can incorporate your story and hard work, hard and hard work in our lives. What would that message be if you had that one last question?
0: I would say that ask yourself if uh, you are, you are proud of what you're doing today and remember the people that you are grateful for, for bringing you uh, where you are. Rashab, it's
1: been an absolute absolute pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Rob. Thank you for this opportunity. Very grateful to have been able to share uh, my story uh, through your podcast, and you're doing great work. I'm excited to see uh, this, this podcast once it comes out.
1: We're excited to share it. Right. Thank you. From me and the whole podcast team, thank you for joining this conversation of Heart and Hard Work. We hope you'll follow so you can continue to grow with us. If you enjoyed this episode, a great way to turn your reflections into meaningful action is by commenting, sharing, or liking us on your favorite podcast platform, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It also really helps share insights from stories of Heart and Hard Work with the people who can benefit from them the most.